on the Windchill Factor podcast. We'll have a little Washington football team talk with one of my good friends, Purnell. We'll also have Zach Vaughn from Buffalo Fanatics. Should be a good episode. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, everybody? This is the Windchill Factor podcast. I'm your host, Justice Rafford. And today I have a very, 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 very special guest, uh, one of my great friends, um, yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's up? It's Pernell. Follow me on Twitter at BlackNell, B-L-V-C-C-N-E-L-L. Also, follow my Twitch. I play 2K. I play Call of Duty, but mainly 2K. We'll probably have Call of Duty. Twitch, after this podcast, is, is finished recording. If that's all right <laughs> with you, Justice. <laughs> no, definitely. We could definitely run some Call of Duty. All right, that's a bet. Um, follow me on Twitch. My Twitch is at P the Greatest. And yeah, Instagram, also the same as Twitter, BLVCC now. Okay, now this is Buffalo Bills uh, fan podcast. So you mind telling the people what team you are a fan of? I am a fan of the, the Washington football team. Yeah, if, you, if you're a true Bills fan, you, you should hate the, the Washington football team. Why, why should we hate y'all? Well, depending on your age group, not 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 you yeah, per se. Yeah, it depends yeah, on not age you per group. se. But if you if you over the age about thirty five, then you don't care for the Washington football team. Yeah, because because the rest of us don't know y'all. Y'all don't, yeah, y'all don't know us. <laughs> yeah, we we've been in the same boat in our lifetime. <laughs> pretty much. I, I mean, up until this last year, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been horrible. Yeah, y'all up now. Time. Y'all up right Finally, now. Finally, we got us a quarterback. Hey, Josh. Josh I mean, is nice. Y'all I'm have a, a couple of quarterbacks. We've had too many quarterbacks, bro. RG3 was good, and I don't know what happened. Kirk Cousins was good, and then y'all Kirk was, was good, like, but he didn't really want to be here after, after they didn't want to pay him. The exactly. They, they didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to be there either. They didn't want to pay him. Then we, after Kirk, who we have? Damn, who do we go after Kirk? Alex Smith. Yeah. Alex Smith was the quarterback. And you know, you know what's crazy about that season? Oh yeah, go ahead. Tell the people. That season, Alex was six and three as a starter, but got injured. Mm-hmm. And then we had who who came in? Mark Sanchez was the quarterback at one point. Josh Johnson was the quarterback at one point. But no, tell the people the parallel about the injury. Oh wow. So <laughs> that that situation was crazy. So you know, he got injured the same day Joe Theismann got injured. Mm-hmm. Same injury. And what's crazy, a lot of people don't know this. I, I work on the field. The Native Americans were at the game that day and performed a chant the game he got injured. So that's the day I believed in the curse. I'm not going to lie to you. Wow. What's the, what exactly is the curse? The curse that no Washington football team will succeed as long as – well, the football team wouldn't succeed as long as the name was the Redskins. Wow. And look, as soon as y'all got rid of it, y'all made the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's nutty. It's crazy. Right. I have a question for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was posting some Josh Allen highlights and and I was like, there is not another quarterback in the league that can do this. Right. And there were a couple of football team fans that, that were in my mentions and they were like Taylor Heineke. <laughs> and and it was like a couple to the point where I was like, like, at first I thought they was joking, so I didn't take it seriously. Then it was like enough to the point where I like, they really truly believed that Taylor Heineke can do what Josh Allen does. And that's nonsensical to me. So I'm going to need you to tell me about Taylor Heineke. Like, is he really the truth? 
Taylor Heineke cannot do what Josh Allen does. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm a Washington it. fan, and, like, I watched the tape. You know, we saw what we saw during the playoffs, that one game. He had a good game. In my opinion, he played the best game against the Patriots. I mean, uh, damn, the Buccaneers. Right. <laughs> In yeah. that playoffs, they, mm-hmm. he, he played the best game. But with that being said, he's, he's no Josh Allen. As okay. You, he's he's now, no Josh Allen. Now, to be fair, there are not a lot of quarterbacks. There are rarely any quarterbacks in the NFL history that can do what Josh Allen can do. That's true. But is Taylor Haneke, like, is, is he really, like, what do, you, what do you think of him, like, objectively? Uh, I think, I think he has, he has a nice, he has a nice arm. I, I think he still doesn't have the deep ball strength that we need, especially mm-hmm. with the receivers that we got now. Terry McGraw, right. he's a speed guy. Curtis Terry Samuel, McGuire he got speed. Beast. Hey, yes. You know, I just want scary wanna, Terry. <laughs> scary Terry. That boy scary is Terry. nice. And you know, he got he got wheels on him. He he can yes, run sir. a little like. Heineke, he got wills. He can run a little bit, but I, I think we still got to see more before I can do like a better judgment of him because he's been in the league like four years before that game, so it's not right, like he hasn't been around. If you don't have a starting quarterback, great. It's really hard to to prove yourself exactly. and get like an opportunity. So exactly. All right. So what do you think he could be? Like, what's his ceiling versus his floor? Honestly, a better question. Who could his ceiling be? Who could his ceiling be? Mm-hmm. The guy that, that's starting in front of him right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's not a bad ceiling. Exactly. It's not a bad ceiling at all. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is a journeyman. He's been he's been around the league. Mm-hmm. And he's he's had success, but he's never been that guy to get you over the hump. Ryan Fitzpatrick is elite without the consistency. Exactly. I heard I saw a tweet the other day that said uh somebody said Ryan Fitzpatrick plays like he doesn't want to be considered elite. So he yeah, exactly. does does the bare minimum. <laughs> exactly. I, I I once thought of a theory that, that said that Ryan Fitzpatrick is an amazing quarterback. But he doesn't want the pressure of like having a franchise on his shoulders. So sometimes yep. he'll just go out there and do whatever just to exactly. get his name off the. You know what I'm saying? So, I I, I mean, obviously that that may be far fetched and whatnot. But it, it it it's honestly illogical watching him f- play football because he's such a great quarterback. Yeah. But at the same time, there's games where he just I don't know what he's thinking about. <laughs> but he's <laughs> got the talent to be better. Yeah, you he know, does. So I, I'm not really sure. So How's- having having a Ryan Fitzpatrick as a ceiling is actually a pretty good ceiling. Do you think yeah. he could find the consistency? Yeah, I think he can. I think he can, especially with Ryan there to there to teach him. Mm-hmm. And then he like how old is Heineken? I'm not hundred percent sure. Let me double check. Five, I think. Twenty-eight. Oh, oh. Just turned uh, twenty-eight. Yeah. So it's like, how many more years does he have? But like, oh, he's not going to start this year. Obviously. Yeah, he don't have a lot more years it's, to prove. Exactly. That's that's why I say it, it's a downfall for him. He doesn't have a yeah. lot of years to prove what he can do. Because if you prove it, then it's it's not a problem. Like you you could have a lot more. You could have another fifteen years if you could prove it. But it's not going to be too many people giving you opportunity to be a starting quarterback if you're thirty three years old. You know what I mean? Exactly. 
So now, right. say say Fitzpatrick goes down this season and Heineke does get a chance to step in and he proves it, then mm-hmm. maybe going in the next season, he might be the starter. And then we'll mm-hmm. go from there. So it all depends on how this season plays out, honestly. If he get if he can show get on get on tape and show like what he can do, like Garoppolo did whenever Tom Brady went down. Or how mm-hmm. Reset did when when both of them went down and he was able to get a starting job. So something like that. Right. Okay, so I have another question about you guys' quarterbacks. Yep. Dwayne Haskins. What what, oh, what, man. what went wrong? What was the problem? Like I, I thought he was, you know what I'm saying? Especially Terry McLaurin and him together. That was supposed to be like a dynamic duel. What happened? I don't think Dwayne Head was in the game. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. For some, all right, so the situation that got him released from the team, he was out at the club partying after a loss, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, my thing is, it's, all right, I'm going to kind of go left for a second. My thing is, when so you remember when Kevin Durant was in his free agency the first time and everybody was like, they wanted him to come to Washington? Mm-hmm. Like, at least Wizards fans? I'm like, no, I don't want any player that's from this area to come here while young simply because they can get into trouble and they and mm-hmm. they can do stuff because they're friends. It's too close to home. And I feel like right. that was Haskins' problem. I don't feel like his head was in the game. Okay. He was still- so he's he's from that area? Yeah, he's from the area. Grew up like 20 minutes from FedEx Field. Okay. And he's then from- went to Ohio State. Yeah, then went out to Ohio and then got drafted here. That's why I was kind of hesitant with the Chase pick too because Chase also from the area. But Chase boy, showed up Chase and showed out. <laughs> Chase showed up and showed out. I mean, look, man, I don't know if he has any uh, prospects of getting in trouble. He puts a lot of people in trouble. That, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I would love to have a, a Chase on my team. Oh, yeah, God. I'm, we, not, I'm not going to lie. I, when, when the draft was coming, I was like, take Jeff. We need a cornerback. Take Jeff. Take Jeff. Don't take Okuda? Chase. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I was tripping. He was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, exactly. I said yeah. it. I At was least wrong. you can admit it. I was wrong. I mean, I like Jeff Okuda, but Chase is a different like, animal. Like, Chase. And you know what else? I, I believe that uh, Chase unlocked Montez Sweat. Yes. Yes. That that duo mm-hmm. is crazy. Because Sweat is 6'8", and he won like a 4'4". Four, four. Disgusting. I remember <laughs> when he did that, bro. I wanted him. He like, a 4'4". Oh, put him on my squad. <laughs> <laughs> That boy is crazy. And then you got Chase on the other side, not to mention De'Aaron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, and uh, Jonathan Allen in the middle. That's hey, a look, scary man. line. You know what? Y'all got a good little squad. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I think y'all are obviously like far and away the best team in the NFC East with Ryan Fitzpatrick being on center. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? I don't want to say that because Dak is coming back. Dak is back, but the Cowboys don't got our defense. Very true. You have the exact opposite. Exactly. They got the offense. I, but but this year, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Sanders, Adam Humphreys, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, Kelvin Harmon back from injury. It's it might be scary for them out there this year. Okay, okay. And um the the running back did uh Antonio Geis. Gibson. Get, oh, Gibson Geis. is nice. Geist just got released, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, we, we released him. He uh, had a domestic domestic violence case charge. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. All right, let's let's uh, skip past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Woo. All right, these 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 men. That's why it was these crazy. Kids like ruining their careers, bro. It was for like stupidness, we, bro. We we put our future in Dyson Haskins, and then they both got released in the same season. That's disgusting. I can't believe that they both. Well, I mean, I look, man. I don't know the culture there because I can, as a Bills fan, I can attest that you know if you are you have a a badly run organization, then like good players come there and they just don't want to be there and they just fall off the wagon. Like mm-hmm. us, we had like Sammy Watkins and we, we had a, like a couple of players that had a lot, like a ton of talent and they just did not want to be in Buffalo and, and they just couldn't find the the motivation. You know what I mean? So I, I understand it. But um, this year, like you just said, you named a lot of people with a lot of talent. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I personally am a big fan of. I, true, I really believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the better half of the quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Honestly. I was, um, I was happy I, with the pickup. I would, I would have wanted him to come be a backup for Josh, honestly. So, but I do think he deserves a starting role. Uh, but if you want to be a backup, <laughs> I would <not> be <laughs> mad at you coming back to Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. No, nah, um, we, we, he's good here, bro. We, we going to treat him right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to treat him right. Look, right. Man, Ryan Fitzpatrick is Buffalo royalty almost basically. Uh, I remember, Man, we thought we found our quarterback when we had Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was balling. And then it, it, it felt like as soon as we paid him is when he kind of, you know, <laughs> started turning yeah. into Fitz Tragic. Yep. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I love him, you know, and I want the best for him. And he's in the NFC, so I can root for him. I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I respect that. No, nah, I respect that. Fitzpatrick, right, so, okay. do you think this is the best receiving? I, look. I went and I researched. I best, looked at what the best oh, receiver he's ever played with? that he's played with all you around. What? I'm I'm not gonna lie. I think that that duo down in Miami is underrated. I think that Devontae yeah. Parker yeah. and uh, Williams. I think his name is Preston yeah. Williams. Yeah. I think they're underrated. As That's hell. a great duo, but I'm talking all around. Like Antonio Gibson is an out out the backfield like receiver, like. J.D. McKissick can catch out the backfield. He got Logan Thomas. He just got Sammy Reyes. You, you know what? Do. Logan Thomas changes the entire chessboard. Yep. So I agree with you because I was gonna say maybe here in Buffalo because I, I don't I don't remember exactly who his weapons were, um, but I think he has some pretty decent ones. Now nah, y'all y'all had y'all had a good team too. I, yeah. I discussed it with somebody. I think he had a pretty decent weapons here. I, I want to say it was like Lee Evans, but I'm not sure. Um, I to go to messages, but uh, yeah, you're right. Logan Thomas, he he changes the chessboard because he's he's that uh, upper echelon tight end. Which and then I don't I'll know say where, this: where that came from. McLaurin might be the best number one he's had. McLaurin is pretty decent, and he's played with nothing but horrible quarterbacks. So exactly, he's he's in what this is about to be year three, and he's finally got a, a competent quarterback. So I really think. This gonna be his breakout year where, where people start considering him top five. I can't dispute that. I, I could top five. Did you top say? ten? Top five. Top ten. Oh, okay. Top All right, five, I can, top ten. I, I can roll with top ten. Top five is a big jump. Like when Stefan Diggs got here, that's my I guy. Was, I was thinking like, okay, he could come here and be a top fifteen wide receiver. This man went straight to number one. Hey, look, I thought he was already top ten when he was going there. I'm not really, gonna lie I, I was not a big fan of Stefan Diggs, bro. Really? I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't know, man, because I, I don't really watch the Vikings, honestly. 
You know what yeah, I mean? I was, a Vikings, I, saw, I was a Vikings guy. I tuned in. When Kirk went there, okay. I tuned in. Oh, right, right, right. That makes sense. Okay. So, yeah, but, like, I, I always saw, you know, you know, I was like, okay, Adam Thielen is nice. Zach Randolph is nice. Uh, Diggs is nice. You know, they had uh, Treadwell at the time. He was playing trash, but, he, he you know, historically I had known him to be right. a, a decent receiver. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, they got a nice little squad over there. They're doing something decent. They went to the NFC Championship game, I believe it was. Yep. Um. And, you know, Diggs caught that pass. And I remember I was jumping up and down because it was just like such a magical moment to happen right in front of you. That's like a once-in-a-lifetime moment. Yeah, you know that was crazy. That, that hell, wasn't even a Hail Mary, really. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. oh, man, the Saints, the Saints have some heart. Yeah. Bro. Um, that, but, that was one of the one of a good moment to watch, bro. Especially because he's from the area. So, you know, anybody that's from my area, I root for. And he's and he from the area. So that one was a good one. Yeah. Ah, I think I had a question in my head. All right. So what do you think about the what's your opinion on the current state of the Buffalo Bills? The Buffalo Bills? Yeah. Honestly, y'all, I, I like it. I like everything y'all got going on over there. I'm a fan. Like <laughs> y'all my go-to team on Madden, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Niggas okay, get the I franchises, it. I go to Buffalo, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like I, I got something good going over there. I, I like Tredavious. I like I like Poyer. I like um, Milano at linebacker. I like uh, uh, Ed Oliver, the DT. He's, yep. he's nice. He's still mm-hmm. over there. Like y'all got some weapons over there, man. Y'all y'all looking good. I and Ed like, Oliver is supposed to have a breakout year this year. I can see it. Because so the thing is, last year Ed Oliver was playing the one tag. Yeah. Ed Oliver was getting all the double teams. Yep. Because Starlin Tulele wasn't there, so. Now Ed Oliver, who's not used to being a one tech, is going to the one tech. Obviously, he didn't do super duper well at the beginning of the season because it has a new position for him. Like right. you, you know what I'm saying? Like who 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 thrives getting team when that's not what you're used to. Exactly. Um second half of the season, he started thriving in the yep. position. So now you don't even have to be in that position. You're getting man to man coverage. And you were thriving on double teams. Ed Oliver is about to go crazy this year. Yeah, I can see that. I'm a I'm a fan of Ed Oliver. Yeah, that boy. Oh, I cannot wait for the season to start. Ah, man. All right, so what hey, it's, you it's see? 2021. I can. <laughs> hey, look, I'm optimistic. Yeah, it I could mean, be. You got a lot of reason to be honestly. It's it's, it's it could be the 30 year <laughs> rematch next season, man. You know what? It could be the thirty-year rematch. You know what? It it it, it really could be. It really I'm could not be. Gonna hold you because look, the Saints are no longer that boy. Exactly. Drew Brees retired. Now, I am a big fan of Jameis. I think that Jameis is about to come in and ball out. But obviously, the team the team is going to change because Drew was there for like the last 10, 15 years. So yep. crazy. So the team is going to change regardless of Mike how, Thomas how, is going. His his num his production is going to go down next season. I don't. Look, man, I, I'm I don't like Mike Thomas that much. I, I, I think he overrated, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. I agree. Um, so they're no longer that boy. I think the Seahawks, oh, they, oh, they Seattle, knocking Seattle. Them. Yeah. They but they you know what I mean? Like they get I know old. that they're a respectable team, but I you know the 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 rumors of Russell being traded, like yeah. clearly there's a little dysfunction. 
And they had that huge fall off last year. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to expect from them this year, honestly. You know, the Bucks went from being like, okay, these guys can be really, really good. And then they got stopped a couple of times over like, oh, okay, these might not. And then they went back to being like, okay, they're good. And then they just went on this crazy run and won the Super Bowl. So, like, I don't know if they can just repeat that whole thing. I think in the Super Bowl, they had probably the best game that every single one of those players had ever played in their lives. And I don't know if that's (laughs) – it's like – Everybody balled out like Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, like yeah, Jay, White, like, like they ev- showed up. <laughs> everybody balled out. Antoine Winfield, Winfield Jr., like yep. bro, everybody balled out. Um, and you know, Brock I don't, and Tom did what they had to do when, exactly. when they needed to do it. <laughs> like, oh my god, Leonard Fournette. When have you ever seen Leonard Fournette run like that, bro? man? Crazy. So, I don't know if they can repeat that. So I don't know if I could see them going back to the Super Bowl necessarily. Now it is Tom Brady, so I'm never going to leave that out. Of yeah, can't, can't count out Tom. <laughs> so that's going to be some of y'all competition. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Yeah. But <clears throat> outside of hey. Aaron Rodgers and, and, uh, and Tom Brady, I think y'all right there in the top five Super Bowl odds. I can see it, honestly. NFC, yeah, yeah. I could. I think y'all top five. Oh, that's where y'all would put me. Um, especially, it's going to depend on what y'all do in the draft. Which, yeah, yeah. Here, um, I have some mock drafts. I heard, I uh, saw a, a a rumor that we thought about trading up for Trey Lance, and I'm just like, I hope they don't uh, do that. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like it at all. I wouldn't like that. I, it doesn't I make sense like, to me. You know, it what? doesn't make sense. It don't make sense to trade up, but if he falls to you, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But if you giving up, because y'all got y'all are, I mean, y'all basically pretty much is in win now mode right now because yeah. y'all can win now. You know what I mean? So to trade up and give up assets. It would it would just make to sense go for get that. a quarterback who's not going to play this year. That would be counterproductive to me. Yep. Um, but if he falls in your lap, okay, cool. Now you got Trey Lance, you got Tyler Heineke, and you got Ryan Fitzpatrick teaching both of them. That would that would be a, a cool situation. And then you fill out your roster with the rest of the draft. Yep. But I'm looking at from um, CVS says it has you guys taking Zayvon Collins right? out of Tulsa. Yup, that boy is nasty. As you're taking Jeremiah Owusu out yep. of Northern Dame. That boy is nasty. Uh, it has you taking Jamin, Jamin Davis. Oh. Oh, you say you want a CBS one? Yep. Linebacker okay. out of uh, Kentucky. I don't know very much about him. And then uh, Vera Tucker, offensive lineman from USC. So, you know, okay. obviously – Offensive lineman, you can never go wrong, especially because y'all lost. Uh, what's his name? What's that left tackle who's like an all time great? Richard, Trent Trent, Williams. Uh, no, with Williams, yeah, 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 Trent Williams. Wow, the way they man. handled the Trent Williams situation was terrible, man. Yeah, y'all handled a lot of situations badly, honestly. It was it was Bruce Allen, and I'm glad he's out of there. It's him, too. Y'all owner. It's Dan Schneider, too. <laughs> it's Dan Schneider, too, bro.
It's been nothing but turmoil since he's took over. You had the Trent Williams situation where Trent Williams had cancer, bro. And they just told him it was nothing. Like, like he's good. What do you mean it's nothing? They told him he like he was healthy, bro. And he was good to play. They didn't diagnose oh. his cancer. Oh, is that what happened? Yes. So oh. he went to another doctor and then got diagnosed with the cancer. Oh. And then while he God. was in the hospital, nobody from the team visited him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have been out of there, too. Exactly. No. So I, res- I respect that. Hey, I, yeah, I, I totally understand that. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. So he had every right to want to leave. Right. They yeah, did him dirty. Fine. They did uh, Kurt dirty. They did Kirk dirty. Yep. They do a lot of people dirty. I see. Alex <laughs> Smith just said something about they, they did him dirty his last year there, last season. How did they do him dirty? You weren't even supposed to start. They said there was a lot of patronizing. He said there was a lot of patronizing going on. And I can't tell. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who who do you want to see you guys drive? Honestly, like I said, I haven't been paying too much attention to the college college rankings. Like, yeah, I this mean, this, but, honestly, this COVID year, it was hard to pay attention to college too much. Yeah. But um, positions I want to see us, like, address, I want us to draft a, a lineman, offensive lineman, okay. if we can get a, a good one. Um, I know, I like can, Eichenberg from uh, Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, Eichenberg, yep, from Notre Dame. I do know about him. I looked into him. He yeah, he's looked nice. pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they and they say we got the pick that he might fall to, so that'd be a good look if he's there. Um, I want to see us get another either safety or cornerback, just to help. Even though we signed Will Jackson, great addition, but we lost Ronald Darby. Even though I wasn't really big on Ronald Darby, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, Ronald Darby hasn't been the same since since he left us. Honestly, yeah. He was a beast when we had him. Yeah, he was. And <laughs> yeah, one decent season, and then he kind of just fell off the the the, the market. I don't, I don't really know what happened to him. He's in like Denver now. Yeah, he went to Denver after he left us. He was here last year, but he was hurt That's half crazy. the season. Denver always taking our our uh, defensive backs. Mikael Roby <laughs> Coben went to, to I think he went to Denver. He went to LA too. I don't know. He all over the place now. Oh. I wasn't aware that he came from y'all. I like him. Mikael <laughs> like, Roby Coleman. Like yeah, I like. He him. had him when he was young, young. Like when he ain't no, when he didn't have an idea what he was doing on the field. Like <laughs> that's when he was with us, and then he started to turn into a decent player, especially in our defense because we've always had good defenses. We've had um, what's that boy name? That boy from Philly, Jim Schwartz. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah. he was a mastermind when he was with us. Um, we've had Rex Ryan, who's obviously a defensive coach. Yeah. Um, Sean McDermott come in, and then Leslie Frazier. Like we've had some great defensive minds uh, come in, so they've been able to create a lot of uh, talent that's still circulating around the league right now. Yeah. So yeah. A hey, sidebar. I think that's why I say our defense is is going to be crazy for the next few years. We got Ron Rivera as the head coach. Mm-hmm. We got Jack Del Rio as the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then Rob Ryan is also on the defensive coordinator staff. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, 
that's definitely a lot of brain power. And then all of them, all we, we already named Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Ionitis, Chase Young. They all get to learn from Ryan Kerrigan, bro. Like the line is in for a treat for the next few years, bro. Like I'm going back to I think no, nah, that's the best defensive line we've ever had in my lifetime. I can say that. I was about to say this I remind me of think of y'all best defensive end and since I've been a, a fan of the NFL. I can't even think of one of y'all defensive ends. Kerrigan. He's probably <laughs> yeah, our yeah, most named. Kerrigan ain't special. Like <laughs> yeah, Arako when he was here. Oh my god. You know what's crazy? We oh my god, it, it really pisses me off to even <laughs> think about this, bro. We picked right before I think it was the no, it was y'all. Y'all drafted a pool, right? Yeah. We picked right before y'all in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. We needed a linebacker bad. Bad when I do because we I think we just lost London Fletcher and he came out to KO Spikes. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> bro. We could have picked Brian Arakpo. He was sitting right there for the taking. And we drafted Aaron Maven. Oh, man. Bro, Aaron <laughs> Maven, bro. <laughs> that Damn. boy is not in the league no more. Like, bro, like Aaron Maven, bro. That's funny. When Brian Arakpo was sitting right there, bro. Brian Arakpo should be a Bills legend right now. I'm not going to lie to you. But he, he should have never even sniffed Washington. Hey, thank you for letting them for letting them go. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> I'm still in shock. <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. That's crazy. Now y'all didn't took Logan Thomas and made him a good player for I don't even know where that came from. Like, like and, I'm still and he in did shock. That with- Three different quarterbacks touching the field last season. Yeah, bro. Like he turned into Darren Waller, like out of nowhere. I was what's going on? Like we lost White. Hey, 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 time out, time out. We're gonna have to backtrack for a second. You try you try to disrespect my man Kerrigan talking about something he ain't special. Like he ain't had 13 Kerrigan, sacks. Bro, Ryan 13 sacks four years, four times, Nate. Bruh. 13 sacks. 13 and a half. Bro. But Aaron Donald is 13 sacks. Like he's a defensive tackle. Get granted. That's a fact. That's granted, a fact. But Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald is, a, is, is a the best beast. player. To, uh, he's the best player to ever play the game, in my opinion. He's the best football player to ever step on a football field, in my opinion. So that's obviously that's an unfair comparison. That's a, that's a great opinion. I, and I, I can I, respect I, it. I like who? LT, Lawrence Taylor, right? Yeah. And outside of them, like, you could say Tom Brady or whatever, but, I mean, Tom Brady had Bill Belichick, and he wasn't the sole reason he wins all those championships because he had great defenses and everything else, blah, 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 blah. So he can be the greatest, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But Aaron Donald, I truly believe, is the most dominant football player who ever has ever stepped on a football field. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, you know, I don't like Lance Taylor. He injured my quarterback, and I wasn't even allowed oh to see my it. God. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. You know, you got Lawrence Taylor. You probably and Donald, got like yeah. Ray Lewis. Ray, uh, Ray was different. But, but hey, Ray Lewis Aaron is Donald different. is different. Yeah, he's, he is. You said Ray Lewis what? Is an intimidating. He, he for surely is. That boy big. Man. And I'm big, but he big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
like I'm six nine, but that boy is like he is massive, like uh, bulky, like like I mean, it was raining. <laughs> it was the only one out there with no coat on, no nothing out there in the trenches. I'm like, hey, yo, where you got back up? Look at right. I say, you, I say you good, bro. <laughs> What you gonna do? You gonna force Ray Lewis to back up? I said he's good. He just look, I, I ain't say nothing else to him, bro. Nigga, nigga kept trying to walk over the line. I said he got it, bro. That's Ray Lewis. I ain't gonna say nothing. Bro, that boy can step on the field and ain't nobody gonna say nothing. <laughs> Story, bro. Yeah, look, I said he got it. But yeah, man, I really, really appreciate you coming on, bro. It's, it's been a blast, bro. I definitely got to do this again. Definitely got to have you on again. Oh yeah, um, we gonna we gonna talk during the season, man. Like mid season, just to, so we can. Oh yeah, we can yeah, really just a, a check in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a check in for sure. Early, early, early prediction. What you think y'all record gonna be? We haven't even seen the schedules yet. Well, the our record's gonna be. Yeah, the think, Bills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then what you think our record gonna be? As in Washington. So yours, then ours, and then I'm gonna I, say the same. All right, I think the Bills' record is gonna be sixteen and one. And I think that's only because we're not going to care about weeks. Oh, 17. yeah, it is going to be 17 weeks next year. Yeah. Um, I can see us being 16 and 1, and that's only because we don't care about the last game. Or we might lose a fluke. But I really see us just destroying the league, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and then Washington, uh, I could see like 10 and 7. 11 yeah. and 6. Is, I was thinking like, around around that range too. Eleven and six is like everything goes right. Ryan Fitzpatrick balls the hell out. I gotta see the schedule, but yeah, I say I say that too. I say eleven and six for Washington and sixteen and one. That's it's it's definitely ambitious. It's, it's, yeah, but I I tell you what. Hold on, I tell you what. I tell you why I say sixteen and one. Right, I say sixteen and one because this year we were thirteen and three. We yep. lost one game to Kyler on that bum ass hail mary. Yeah. We lost that crazy. games to the Chiefs and to the Titans. They were both postponed and played on random ass days, like a Tuesday night. And then I think the Titans game was a Thursday or something, something random. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like the scheduling was thrown off. And those was the only three games we lost this year. Those, all three of those games, I can make an argument that they were flukes. So I say 16 and one, bro. I really think we could do it. Now we did get, we got our, we got, we got handed to us by Kansas City in the playoffs. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> they, they, they put it on us. I can't even front. But it's a new year next season. I think that we're gonna draft a lot of good players. I think that Brandon Bean knows exactly what he's doing. He's gonna be able to come up with a game plan. Him and Sean McDermott together is like cheese and crackers, bro. Like it's just going <laughs> together. You know what I'm saying? Like it just works, bro. Um, so I, I think that they're gonna figure it out. I think that they're going to come up with a game plan. I, I'm hoping Travis Kelsey is, like, old at some point. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, so, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think we'll be able to beat Kansas City in the regular season. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I got y'all at 11 and, seven, 11 and uh, 6, maybe 10 and 7. All right. So, I'm going to give y'all 16 and 1 is ambitious. It's it is. It is. I was, I was thinking I, I forgot that. It was going to 17 games, but I only saw y'all losing two next year. So I'll go mm-hmm. 15 and two. 15 okay. and two. That's fair. And you know what? At any given Sunday, so you know, I, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if a team just come in and play like I we we make a couple mistakes or something, whatever, whatever. Kind of like the Chiefs, you know what I mean? When they almost lost to the Falcons at one time. 
But oh yeah, uh, wait, what's but, next year? What's next? Twenty one. Twenty. I'm trying to think. Do we play the AFCs next year? Do we nah, play nah, each nah, other? Nah, nah. Nope. Okay, it's not we, nice. we got the NFC South because we played Tampa, uh, Panthers. Okay, okay. Fuck. All right, cool. Saints. And then, and I oh think, yeah, y'all gonna y'all after, have a, a year. <laughs> yeah, y'all gonna have a year. Yeah, we about to bust off. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Tampa. It, it, honestly, I bro, like I said, bro, I, in the in the Super Bowl, bro, all them boys played the greatest games of their life. It was like so bizarre. Like I was happy it was happening because I didn't want the Chiefs to win. But, like, I was just like, yo, bro, these boys is balling right. Like, it's All I'm nuts. saying is Tyler Heineke played a whole game. They don't even make it to the Super Bowl. You, you know what? Bro, that is true. That's they don't true. even make it to the Tyler Super Bowl. Tyler Heineke almost beat the Bucs. <laughs> he <laughs> so gave them I, hell, bro. I, bro, he really did. Like, I was he watching the game, and I was like, hell. yo, Tyler Heineke might do this, bro. Like, I was rooting for him, honestly, just because I wanted to see an upset. Yeah, yeah, that shit was I don't crazy. Necessarily like Brady either. You know what I mean? But <laughs> of course, you're a Bills fan. You shouldn't. Exactly. So, like, but you know what? I do live in Tampa, so I was happy when they won the Super Bowl just for the city. But um, <laughs> other than that, man, like I said, I appreciate you having uh, you coming on, bro. You want to go ahead and tell everybody where they can follow you? Oh, yeah. On Twitter, BLVCC, Nell, N E L L. Same for Instagram. Follow my Twitch at Peter Greatest. I'm about to go live in a few. On Call of Duty, and follow me on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube at Two K Buckets. And you know what else? Y'all will be able to see some of my gameplay on his channel. So if y'all want to see me just be as amazing as I am at podcasting in video games, y'all about can to go get ahead. carried. About Look, to carry bro, him. a W is a W. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's a y'all, fact. <laughs> y'all go ahead and give him a follow. I appreciate every single one of y'all for listening. This is the Built in Buffalo uh, podcast network. Next up, I have another special guest, uh, Zach Vaughn from Buffalo Fanatics. So, here you go. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Windchill Factor podcast. This is the Built in Buffalo Network. I'm your host, Justice Raffer, and I have a very, 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 very special guest today. Zach, man, you want to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Zach Vaughn. I am the assistant editor at Buffalo Fanatics. I am also a blog contributor and a frequent podcast guest over there and also across the uh, Bill's content arena. So, right. yeah, man. Uh, the reason I want to have Zach on the show today is because Zach, man, if, if there's anybody on Twitter who works like as hard as me or harder than me, or just in Bill's football in general, it's, it's this guy. Like, he's all over the place. He knows his stuff. Uh, he's a draft expert. So, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on, man. Well, thanks. I'm happy to be on. All right. So, let's get into it then. Um, I understand that you had a couple mock drafts. Which one would you say would would be your favorite? Like, what would be your ideal uh, swing this Thursday? I would say if we're talking specifically the first round, I I don't really have much of a preference outside of just not running back because I think that's just an inefficient use of the resources you have because there are so many other positions that you need. You need edge rusher, you need cornerback, 
you could use help on the interior offensive line. Those are the my three main positions that I would want to target in the first or second or third rounds. So obviously everyone's like talking about how Todd McShay has sources saying the bills are trying to leapfrog up to get ETN, but yeah, that, I don't like that is, yeah, I think that's a smoke screen. Right. This is the season of lying. After all, we don't really know until Brandon Bean makes the selection. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so you said cornerback edge and interior line, right? Yeah. Those are my three main areas of need that, would probably be best suited in the first couple rounds. Okay, so uh, let's let's speak to the moving up. We know that Bean likes to to throw smoke screens and kind of uh, misdirect people. What would you, if we were to move up, who would you want us to maybe go get? Well, I would say if they were going to move up, I would have a couple of choices both of which are have their drawbacks, have their benefits. One of them is uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, yes. who I think could be quite the defensive weapon for this team because everybody, the last thing that everybody remembers is that AFC Championship game and the Bills just getting carved up over the middle by Kelsey and by Tyreek Hill. And how do you address that? You go out and get athletic guys who can shut down tight ends and who can keep up with the faster receivers. And that's what Jeremiah Lusukoromoa can do, let alone adding in the positional versatility where he could serve as a linebacker and a box safety basically at the same time. So you have that. One of my other favorites is uh, Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. And now I did say (laughs) interior offensive line, but I guess you could also make a case for maybe getting someone in line to potentially succeed Daryl Williams down the line where maybe you start him in at guard, but then you eventually move him to right tackle. I know that judge Mathis has been saying it over the last few days and I completely agree with him. I just love his style of play. He's very physical and he just dominates. He finishes plays. He runs over guys. That's like most of what you can surmise about his game film right there okay i like it i like it all right so i'm i'm a really big fan of joke as well um although i've been seeing a a couple people tend to believe he might be available at 30 i don't see that happening at all like is that something that you see possibly happening i mean theoretically anything is possible in the draft like we we've seen crazier things for sure player like Aaron Rodgers dropping into the twenties to the Packers. We saw that you have plenty of other examples. Realistically though, I do think that he could very well go in the top 20. He might be one of those guys. You might have to, like we were just discussing before, might have to trade up a little bit to get, maybe you do have to trade up to 20 or 21 to get him. But again, stranger things have happened. So is that so us trading up to twenties to to go get joke? Is that something you would be happy with? Like would that make Zach smile on draft night? I guess it's kind of a thing I haven't really thought too much about because again, we've been so focused on talking about the debate of who we should take and we're gonna be waiting a while. But I've I would be I would be happy with JOK if the Bills found a way to get him. Okay. 
Um, I I agree. Uh, I think that if we go up and get uh, him, I would be super ecstatic just having another guy out there in the middle that's a little more athletic that can uh, hit. That boy can hit. Now, that's why I love watching this film. He, like, puts people on their bus. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> what out of the, the cornerbacks, because I know cornerback is a really, really deep this year, would you be more comfortable with us going up and getting a top guy like uh, Chris – I'm sorry, uh, Caleb Farley, um, Asante Samuel Jr., Patrick Sertain II, or would you kind of be – cool with us slipping back and taking a guy like uh, Newsom or, well, Newsom's actually slated to go pretty high as well, but like Melifon Wu, um, who, who, who were you looking at at cornerback? Who's like your favorite prospects? Well, I would say that Patrick Sertain is probably one of the best in the class. He uh-huh. and JC Horn, but those guys are probably going to go way before the Bills, so I haven't been really paying much attention to them. I will say that you do bring up a couple really good ones. You got Ify Milifonwu from Syracuse. He's got the build that McDermott likes or that we've been seeing from the CB2, like Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson, Josh Norman. They all have that sort of similar build where they're over six feet, maybe like 180-ish, 190-ish. If Milifonwu has the added benefit of being over 200 pounds and just basically having that corner safety versatility potentially he's someone i really like and you could justify it 30 maybe even early second round if you traded down or something asante samuel jr is someone that i've really been falling in love with recently (laughs) i know that uh casey reed on at bf released an article on friday about him comparing him to tredavious white and how they had similar athletic testing coming out and all that. And I do think that size doesn't necessarily have to be a determining factor in the corners because even though we have seen a bit of a pattern at CB2, maybe they decide we want to break it to try to get an athletic guy like Asante Samuel Jr., who may not be as tall as Iffy or Greg Newsom or Farley, but could be just as big of a ball hawk especially considering his pedigree as a son of the former Patriot Asante Samuel. I mean, who right. wouldn't want to see Asante Samuel running a pick six against the Patriots? Absolutely. That would just be a miracle, <laughs> especially with Asante with his son. Or I'm sorry, what his father was doing to us all those years. So it would be nice <laughs> to get him back a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. um, I know that you coined the phrase thick dime. Well, I don't know if you coined it, but you're how I was introduced to it. Um, so, um, Hamza Nazardine already, and I'm ready. I'm like full steam ahead. Um, what, what do you think of Nazardine and would you be interested in the bills taking them maybe second, third round? Okay. So for, first I'll address the whole thick time thing. That wasn't really me. That was Greg Thompson at cover one. Okay. That's how I okay. got introduced to it. Greg's but a great guy. Also, yeah. <laughs> He really knows his stuff. Uh, as for Hamsa, he he's like one of my rider dies. Him and Quinn Miners, those are like my top two yeah. draft crushes. Like those guys, he like Hamsa. Those two are my post-it note guys. The no matter what guys. So while I was singing the praises about JOK, if they didn't get him, Hamsa would be a perfect backup option or in the second round, because I don't think he or Miners falls out of the second round. 
I know that some other sites have them ranked like in the third round and stuff, but I don't, I think they're too good to let pass into the third round. So if the bills could get either one of them or trade down from 30 and figure, figure out a way to get another second rounder and get both of them, that'd be fantastic. Honestly can do a lot of what JOK can do. And he has a lot of experience shutting down tight ends. And that's like, got to be the main selling point about that type of a safety or that type of big nickel thick dime player is being able to shut down the Kelsey's Gronkowski's Gesicki's Hunter Henry's Johnny Smith's those guys that we're going to be facing this year, especially considering how Buffalo's defense was against tight ends last year. Yeah, we were horrible, especially um, in the AFC championship game, Travis Kelsey absolutely went, he went off. Um, yeah, that was that was horrifying to watch. <laughs> Every time Patrick Mahomes <laughs> threw the ball over the middle, it was just like it was magnetized to Kelsey's hands. Um, all right, so we got our cornerback, or rather the safety um, and uh, interior line. We got your no matter what. Your no matter what if you had one at uh, edge. Well, that that one's kind of a bit trickier because obviously with all the great players there are, and yet there are not any prospects that I kind of like feel very strongly about, but there are a bunch that I really like. Like I like Carlos Basham. I like uh, Peya, Aziz Ojolari. I'm hearing good things about. Joseph Asai, someone that I've been intrigued by. He is kind of undersized, and he's getting a lot of comps to Jerry Hughes, which I guess if you're going to learn from an undersized edge rusher, you might as well learn from the undersized edge rusher who's made a made a career out of it. Like that would he would be a perfect mentor for Osai. Uh, there are a bunch of mid round guys. I've been hearing good things about like Peyton Turner. I've been hearing good things about Ellerson Smith, who's a and uh, another guy who's a late round guy who I think could be a bit of a gem is Teron Jackson from Coastal Carolina. He did play at a bit of a similar size to like Apinesso when he was in college, but he had that ability to, he showed a good ability to get off the line and pursue the quarterback, running back, pursuing the open field. And I think he may have dropped a bit of weight heading into the combine process so that would only help him and he's i guess the other thing i would say about this is just the importance of getting an edge rusher to match up with epinesa on the other side as you go into the future because you're not going to have addison or hughes much longer right so i'm i'm kind of a fan of jalen phillips i kind of i call him the magician because it seems like when i watch his tape he gets there no matter what it doesn't matter if he has to swim or or just whatever it takes all carrier pretty often. So uh do you know much about Jalen Phillips and would you would you be happy with us taking him maybe in a late first round? Well, from what I do know is that everyone is singing his praises like he was so effective, obviously had that big year last year. But the big thing against him is the medical side because he did retire after a year or two in UCLA and he retired. I don't really know what he retired from, 
but then he transferred to Miami and found his way back and then produced. Obviously, I've been seeing some good stuff on his tape. I guess, technically speaking, I'd be fine with whoever Bean took at 30 because Bean took him at 30. But <laughs> yeah. I guess my... It wouldn't nece- he wouldn't necessarily be my favorite choice in the first round. Ba- and a lot of it is based on the medical stuff, which kind of scare me off a little bit. Okay. That's news to me. I actually did not know that Jalen Phillips retired. I see that here. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's a little concerning. Yeah, it is. And, and you kind of have to wonder, it's like, why did he retire? Or was it medical? Was right. it like him personal or what was it and then he goes to miami like comes back but obviously he didn't seem to really lose a step so right uh because that that kind of makes me worry like maybe he lost love for the game and you see what happens when guys go into the nfl without the love for the game you have guys who kind of just fall off the face of the planet um, you definitely don't want that. Um, so yeah, that that's a little concerning. Um, I was I was actually really high on him before you told me that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, and you know where your apprehension comes in, uh, that's that's definitely concerning. Um, all right, so what about Russo? I, I think you spoke about Russo a little bit, uh, but I've been hearing like great things about Russo. Um, so I, I think he's slated for like the second round, right? Yeah, I think I've been hearing, like, second round, there's some buzz that he may go in the late first round. I know that most of that buzz was probably manufactured by his uh, agent, who happens to be the same guy who represented Willis McGahee and bluffed his way into getting the Bills to take him at 23rd. So, (laughs) well, I don't know how true that buzz about him in the first round is. But, again, from what I've been hearing, Russo is another one of those guys who's been really – who's had a lot of quality production in his time at Miami. I've even heard that Quincy Roche is also someone to keep an eye on, that all three of them are pretty good prospects. But again, I think it was just for me personally, I think corner might be the way to go in the first round. So it's not necessarily that I don't like Rousseau as a first-round prospect. I just think that the Bills would have better options at a different position at 30 overall. Okay. I, I actually agree. Um, there, there has been some talk of the bills possibly like trading back a little bit going into like maybe the beginning of the second round and then also having that 61 pick and uh, taking back to back corners. Um, there, there's, there's been some speculation about that. And when you look at it, you got guys like Elijah Moe that, you know, can, I, I really, really like Elijah Moulton. I think he has really, really, like, he's really sticky. He, whenever I watch his film, he just sticks to this guy like glue. Um, I, I listened to him talk, and he was talking about how, uh, you know, his coaches wanted him to play, like, zone coverage and back off the guys and give him some space, but that's just not how, that's not what he's comfortable with. He's more comfortable with that bump and run, um, you know, style of play where he gets up in your face and is physical. Uh, so that's why I'm a really, really big fan of Molden. Um, and actually, I wouldn't hate grabbing two corners, two two corners early, because I feel like we're in a position where we are are deep, you know, for a football team. We have a lot of depth, and we also don't necessarily have a lot of holes in our roster. So you can you can make a couple, um, you can take a couple chances. 
so can you tell me about how you would feel about that, like maybe taking uh, multiple cornerbacks? Because I, I really like Dane Jackson, but again, he's a seventh-round pick, so you don't exactly know how he would do uh, up against like a second-string receiver um, on the outside. So, so what do you what do you think about possibly taking uh, two cornerbacks? Well, I would say too is that it is actually a very appealing idea, especially if let's say hypothetically the Bills do trade down, like you said, early into the second round, and are still somehow able to get like an Asante Samuel mm-hmm. or someone at that first second round pick, and then they come back at sixty one and maybe take like a maybe take Ify Milfanwu, even though he may not be there, or like you said, Elijah Molden, or maybe take Ify Milfanwu first and then get an Elijah Molden, or take Elijah Molden and get an Israel Mukuamu, who I also really like, though I think you could potentially get him in the early third round. My thinking with uh, Mukuamu, he's very a very similar build to Ify, where he's like 6'4", over 200 pounds, but from the film that I saw, he... Basically, he looks like Levi, which everyone loves his wingspan and that, and plays like Dane, where he has that aggressiveness and has that knack for being in position to get to the ball. So I would almost say Mukuamu could be that perfect best of both world for the boundary corner position. So maybe that would free up the another second round pick for a smaller corner, like an Elijah Molden. Again, I don't know too much about him, but from what I've been hearing about his instincts and stuff, he may be a good option, even though I know he didn't really test well in the athletic metrics during the process. But so I'm not totally opposed to taking two corners early but I will say too that there is a corner I really like that you could probably get on day three, and that's Avery Williams from Boise State, because he's a smaller guy, so he'd be your depth for Teron Johnson inside. He's got the quickness and the speed, and he has the aggressiveness to go after the ball on the run defense in pass coverage, and he also has that special teams versatility, which we know that McDermott values tremendously, not just on coverage units, but he also is a kick returner too. And in that sense, he gives me a bit of a Terrence McGee vibe, and I really like that about him. Yeah, I love Terrence McGee. He's one of my favorite Bills ever. Um, Okay, so um, there's also a lot of speculation about possibly taking both of the Florida State guys, uh, which would be Asante Samuel Jr. and uh, Hamza Nazaruddin. Uh, can you just talk about how that would transform our defense? Because I'm I'm of the mindset that Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott just they put guys in a position to succeed, and if you have the talent, then then you'll thrive in this defense. Um, so I feel like with guys like that, two two guys like that, if you especially if you get them in the same draft. Um, I feel like they, they would transform our defense so much, just a lot more athleticism. Um, what, what, do you, what would you think about that? Okay, I think I'm going to revise something I might have said earlier, and I would say that's probably the best-case scenario, <laughs> getting Asante <laughs> Samuel. So I love both of them. You have Asante Samuel, who could play the boundary opposite Tredavious White, and then you would have Hamsa, who could be that third safety, the box safety, the big nickel whatever, you just put them out there and let them go to work on the tight ends. 
And it might also help, I don't know if this is an actual thing, but maybe it would help having two players from the same team that are already familiar with each other, both doing going into the transition to the pros together. So they have someone that they know or are familiar with, someone to just go through it with, and it may help ease them into the transition better. But I think that if you did those two, that would actually be a pretty good first couple of picks because, like I said, Sante Samuel would be your CB2, and then you have Hamsa, who'd be the big nickel, the third safety, who could develop into your replacement for either Hyde or Poyer down the line. Right. And you just you have two of the better secondary prospects in the draft, so <laughs> sign me up. Absolutely, I'm 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 all I'm right there with you. I'm all for it. Um, I feel like those two together is you you mentioned it you hit it right on the head the team chemistry they will be bringing in um to our secondary to our secondary who already has great chemistry uh so i feel like you know them behind jordan player and uh jadavis white and uh michael Hopkins, it would you know fit right in and let get right to business and uh, you know make make themselves make their names known and you know in this defense and be able to thrive uh, because our defenses are typically good. If, if we don't have like injuries like we did last year, we're usually a top 10 unit. Um, so I feel like getting a little more talented uh, would be very beneficial to us because, like I said, they put guys in position to succeed. And so if you have a more talented player there, uh, I feel like it would be even better defense. Um, so so um, I do have a question to ask you. Uh, I understand that a lot of people aren't necessarily fans of Tremaine Edmonds. Okay. Uh, there are some people who don't even want us to pay up his fifth year option. Uh, there are some people who want us to trade him. Where are you on the Tremaine Edmonds? Uh, you know, what, what, what do you think about him? Well, I will say that earlier today, when everyone was talking about how it's the third year anniversary of. Josh Allen being selected that I posted a tweet where I had took a picture of my initial reactions to the first round picks yeah, for Edmonds. I remember when the bills traded up for him and I wrote down that I was yes. Like, because I loved his athleticism. I liked him coming out of college. And I was glad the bills got him. I will also say that I am a proud owner of a Tremaine Edmonds Jersey that I got for like 20 bucks from one of my dad's co-workers sons oh, wow. okay. uh, good deal good so deal this is not totally impartial but also not totally biased either i do get the frustration with Edmonds. he had a great year in 2019 and like a lot of the defense he kind of regressed obviously my take going into year four is more of whether or not a lot of that regression was because of his injury, because I think he had the sh lingering shoulder injury or whatever it was that might've slowed him down a bit or whether or not that's part of him not picking up process processing the game as fast as you would want. So I, I can see both sides. I can see the one side saying, Oh, he's young. He still has plenty of time, but at the same time, he's still has been in the league for three years. It doesn't matter if he's only 22 right now or whatever. But on the other hand, he still has those gifts. He has the potential. And I am also have this internal conflict of whether or not he's really in the right position on the field, whether he should be a middle linebacker 
or he should be playing the AJ Klein role at outside linebacker. Because the way I view him, Edmonds, is he has the build of Takeo Spikes. He could be an uber Takeo Spikes with that athleticism. He just needs right. to learn how to hit stick people, or he just needs to get better with his instincts and coverage if he wants to play middle linebacker. Because we know that McDermott is probably thinking of him as his Cukley. But Cukley was just a ball hawk. He had the instincts. He could always be in the right place at the right time. Edmonds kind of struggles with that. He even struggles with that in zone a bit. So it's very concerning. I can see the frustration. But obviously, I wouldn't go as far to say, oh, trade him away. Because after all, he did make two Pro Bowls. I know it doesn't say that much. But he that still does say that he's respected enough around the league where people would willingly put him into the Pro Bowl at his position. So he's got that respect. And he's also a team captain. So he's got the respect of all his teammates as well. So I don't think Bean's going to trade him out right now just because the fans say so. I think at the very least, you give him this year. As for the fifth-year option, that's going to be a bit more tricky because I know the deadline's coming up after the draft. And But for all intents and purposes, he might wait until after the draft to make the decision. But I could... I could see that fifth-year option decision going either way with Edmonds. I would almost say the one I would guarantee is going to happen would be Josh Allen, and that's only as a precursor for an extension. Right. Agree. Um, <clears throat> you know what? I, I know that a lot of people don't really put stock into the Pro Bowl, but I do. I do. I, I, I'd like to give credit guys credit for you know Pro Bowl appearances because typically that means that you're a top five and if you're recognized that way, then, you know what I mean? Like, clearly people have respect for you and, you know, it, it means something. So, um, I, and like you said, he's a team captain. Uh, I, I'm of the mindset that he should be coming out of college right now. Like, this should be his draft. You know what I mean? And he's already been to two Pro Bowls. So, uh, I'm, I, would li- I would like to give him a little bit more. Like, you know, being McDermott, he would be our Keekly. Um, doesn't necessarily look like that is the case, at least not at this point. Uh, but that's not to say that he can't get there. He definitely needs to improve on his instincts. And um, and just tackling, uh, I'm not a fan of his tackling ability. I wish he, he was a more secure tackler. Uh, yeah. But um, so I, I haven't been seeing reports about the Patriots possibly going up into the top 10, say if a guy like Justin Fields were to fall past maybe eight. Um, they they uh, are in, they're in talks to go up and get a quarterback. Will, would, would that present problems for us um, just in the long run, do you think? Well, I would say that in this hypothetical scenario of New England finding a way to trade up into the top 10, taking right. a quarterback, obviously they're like five quarterbacks being discussed in the top 10. So we don't know which one they would take. I think a lot of people are assuming that they're going to try to get Justin Fields, but you'd probably have to get all the way up to at least number four to get him to secure him because, and I don't even think that fields would necessarily drop to four because if he's as good a prospect as everyone thinks he is, he'll probably go in the top three. So obviously new England won't be trading for someone if they don't, trading up for someone unless they think they can actually get them. But let's say 
in this scenario that they do get Justin Fields, I would be very concerned about him, especially because of the way that Belichick has built this roster in the offseason. They basically are going all in everywhere but the quarterback position. Gave Cam Newton the one-year deal worth up to 10 mil. So there, you get a rookie contract with all those weapons around them, and they can make some serious noise. That being said, it also depends on which prospect they go after. Because if they go after Mac Jones, and I'm not saying anything against Mac Jones here, he's probably not my top choice as a quarterback prospect. But if they go after him, it might be a bit of a different story. Like maybe again, he could be, he could be dangerous, but he's not as complete an athlete as Lance Wilson fields, or even Trevor Lawrence are. So those are the four that I would be concerned about going to new England, though. We all know Trevor Lawrence is going number one because everyone's been anointing him that for months now. A couple years. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got a few more questions for you just before we get out of here. Um, okay, one, if you could, would you uh, – I'm sorry, can you please uh, give me your quarterback ranking as far as the, uh, the the quarterbacks that are slated to be taken in the first round? Yeah, I mean, the beauty of the Bills right now is the fact we don't need a quarterback. Right. So – Unfortunately, though, that means I haven't been looking that much at him. So as for the ranking, though, I will give my best educated guess on the quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, number one, because Trevor Lawrence. I will say Justin Fields, number two, because he has that proven production. Also, he and he again, he's another big school guy. So, again, like I said, limited knowledge, but just an educated guess. He also did beat Clemson, if I recall. So, number two. I would say number three. Hmm, then number three, I will probably say... I'll go with Zach Wilson at number three by a slight margin over Trey Lance because both of them are very similar to me, at least, in that they're both athletic. They have that ability to extend plays, and they have that ability... They have that a reasonably good arm. So yeah, Zach Wilson third by a slight bit over Trey Lance, Trey Lance, just because he's only played like 16 games doesn't really mean that much to me. I mean, you think about a lot of quarterbacks who have come out with limited experience, but then they just go on their merry way. They like develop within a couple years. And I, I know that Trey Lance is getting a lot of comparisons to Josh Allen, and I kind of agree. He may very well be the Josh Allen of this draft, okay. and whether or not that artificially inflates his draft value a little bit is another thing to be decided. And then I will put Mac Jones at number five. And again, this is not really a slight towards him. It's just more of the fact that he – I know I did say that Justin Fields was at a big school and like Trevor Lawrence was at a big school and I put them at the top, but Mac Jones is not Lawrence or Fields. He's, he doesn't have the athleticism and that, that for me is a big thing. I want, I would, if I had to come down to two different quarterbacks, one of them was an athletic guy who can extend plays like kind of like a Josh Allen or like a Lamar Jackson. I would have to take him over the other guy who may be just as good a passer and a pocket presence guy, but doesn't necessarily have that ability to extend plays beyond shuffling around the pocket. 
Now, again, Mac Jones could very well be a lot better than I'm making him out to be and prove me entirely wrong. This will all depend on who goes to which team and what situation. But, yeah, Mac Jones is number five for me. And <laughs> I would just even go to say in terms of which quarterback will have the best career, I'll say it's whoever ends up in San Francisco because they have a really good team around them. And they have a really good situation. And you have Kyle Shanahan, who is a bit of an offensive guru. I know everyone tries to throw that around as a good thing, but there is some skepticism that should be brought with it because of you saw Sean McVay with Jerry Goff. But that's the best situation of the teams currently in the top five that are looking for a quarterback. You know what? I agree 100%. My list looks exactly the same as yours. <laughs> so uh, I, um, I appreciate that answer. All right. Uh, final question. This is this is a, a softball. Um, I just want your your uh, predicted record for the Buffalo Bills. The 17 games this year. Uh, what, what do you think our record could be? And can you just give me a ballpark of what you think Josh Allen's numbers might look like? Okay, so, all right, so for the record, it is a 17-game season. That that will be interesting, seeing that 17th game. And I will say this, it will be fun to see Fitzpatrick go against the Bills again. <laughs> but for sure, for sure. As for the uh, record, I will, I'll go ahead and say that the Bills, with a much easier schedule, but an added game, I'll say they get 13 wins again so 13 and 4 i'll say that's relatively constant obviously just one more loss because it's 17 games but i'll say 13 and 4 for the record because it is pretty it's going to be it's going to be difficult to get more than 13 wins anyways regardless of season or how many games so i'll say that and for the ballpark on allen well considering the weapons he'll have around him and this is without knowing what they do in the draft. I'll say maybe I'll say he gets at least 4,500 passing yards and then maybe 35 to 40 touchdowns and probably 10 to 15 picks at the most. Okay. So pretty similar stuff. You can uh, duplicate the season. Yeah, I think so. And that would be very important for proving to everyone in the media and to all the fans that he can maintain that level of play. Absolutely. I agree. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Zach. Uh, you are awesome. Um, it was fantastic talking to you. Please go follow this guy on Twitter. Uh, let them know where they can. So on Twitter, I am at zvon 2712 I post almost an unhealthy amount of football content on there. <laughs> so follow that, follow me there. I like to uh, keep things a little bit lighter, a little bit funnier. Like if I can engage someone with wit or gifts, I'll do that instead of just putting words out there. But if you want the written word, go to the Buffalo Check out all our great writers. We also have a bunch of amazing podcasts I personally have a uh, article that will come out in the next couple days where I will be uh, 
tackling one of the great philosophical football debates that have been consuming Bill's Mafia for the last few months. And I will just leave that at that to keep you in suspense. <laughs> so <laughs> check it out at thebuffalofanatics.com. Absolutely, guys. Please go follow him. It's a great follow. One of my favorite follows on Twitter personally. Um, I'm so glad that I got to know you, Zach. Uh, you're an awesome guy. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening to the Windshield Factor podcast. This is Built in Buffalo, and we are out. <laughs>